Welcome to the Big Golf Show. I'm your host, Nick Andreco, along with Eric Arbe. Eric, I'm officially or unofficially titling this episode um, How to Lose Money by Not Focusing on Junior Golf. And I, that's kind of maybe an unfair topic, but we're basically talking about a whole bunch of stuff junior golf related and um, and why it's really important for growing the game, making money, stuff that everyone uh, really likes to hear about. So uh, what we have with that, we have with us today the current PG of America Junior Golf Leader Award winner, Nicole Weller. She's on the program today, and she's going to be talking to us about everything junior golf. Uh, Nicole, thank you for joining us, and uh, how are you doing? Uh, thank you for having me on the show. This is awesome, and I'm doing uh, very well. We're starting up our season, so very pumped to get out there and working with a lot of youth golfers. Man, Nick, I think that was the longest unofficial title uh, in our podcast history. <laughs> I, it just came to me, but you know, was, anyways. Okay. Um, Nicole, so you're, you're down in Savannah, Georgia, right? Yes, in Savannah, Georgia. I've been here about nine and a half years with uh, my PGA husband, Ty Weller. Okay. How, um, how did you uh, come into your position? How long have you uh, been a PGA professional? Uh, you know, I actually uh, began the PGA Apprentice Program in the late 90s. Um, I went to Wake Forest and played there, and then after four years, um, ended up going to University of Tennessee for my graduate degree, Master's in Sports Psychology. And during the end of that time, I ended up flipping into a uh, position at Cherokee Country Club in Knoxville, and um, that's where I started both my LPGA and my PGA apprenticeship. And um, while going through the second school, I actually met my husband in Columbus, um, and we were, uh, he ended up coming to Knoxville. We were married a little bit later, and after about five years, we, um, after we had honeymooned at Kiowa Island, we're like, you know, we've really got to move down to this part of the country. And it so happened um, just about 2004 that um, a spot opened up at the Landings Club for Ty, and when we interviewed, um, it turned out two spots were open. So, we, we decided to come down here and um, have been so, so fortunate. Uh, it's been a wonderful family at the Landings Club. And we both started out as apprentices. And about, um, I would say, eight to, eight to nine months later, I moved into a teaching position. And then uh, the following year, um, director of instruction or head teaching professional, so to speak. And Ty moved into one of our four head pro jobs. So we've been very, very fortunate and just love it here. Wow, I I commend you uh, personally for uh, working at the same job as your husband, same same <laughs> facility you. as your husband. Uh, that's got to be a Thank challenge you. in itself, uh, would, for most people anyway. <laughs> well, it's you know I think we it, it's great for us because we really understand um, the ins and outs of the golf business. He knows if I'm late, why, and vice versa, and if we have to go in on a day off. And actually, to, to us, it's a, a great kind of symbiotic relationship with work and. Um, we cover each other if, you know, if you need something in the shop and I happen to be in the back, um, I can run up and cover and, um, we, we work pretty well together with that. So I think we're really fortunate and we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So, so far so good. We love it. Nicole, did you play for Wake Forest? I did. Yeah. I played there in 90 to 94 under Diane Daly and I had a great time. I wish the NCAA would have a longer than four year policy. I would have been there because it's a great place. I was going to say, how many shots do you give Ty? Ah, you know, we always get that question, who wins? And our favorite answer, Ty came up this, he goes, it's the person with the lowest score that day. <laughs> so, Which is, is it not, usually you? 
<laughs> no, it varies. Oh. Honestly, it varies. I could probably shoot anywhere from low 70s to sometimes low 80s, and Ty's actually in the same boat, but he's playing more than me right now. So um, I actually shot 78 at Kiowa a couple weeks ago, so um, I took home the bacon on that one. So <laughs> Perfect. Well, Nicole, I know you're huge with um, junior golf, and I know with with this um, with the award from the PGA this past year, um, that kind of uh, you know reinforces kind of the commitment that you've had over the years to junior golf. And um, what is that kind of winning that award? I know it's you know, some people are pretty modest and say you know the awards are just the awards, but that's a pretty big deal because it's recognized by a lot of your peers that. Uh, you know, you're doing a lot of really good things. Can you just talk a little bit about winning that award and what things that, you know, that you're really focusing on that maybe helped you kind of bring more into the national spotlight? Yeah, sure. It's, um, it was it was an amazing experience. I was telling people it's kind of like winning an, uh, an Emmy, a golf Emmy. It was such a wonderful production that the PGA put on, and I was doubly blessed to also win the LPGA um, National Leader last year as well. So um, that was just um, an amazing um time of the year for me so um our, our section executive director had nominated me said you should try for this and i said i'll give it a shot i know my friend previous who had wanted don law had tried six times and um i i was just floored when i found out uh that i'd won ted bishop called in august and uh you know i get a call from ted bishop and i'm i was he's like oh this is ted bishop and i'm like oh hello mr bishop and I thought he was calling all the applicants, the finalists, to let them know they hadn't won. And when he said I won, I was just speechless. So um, there are so, so many contenders out there and so many wonderful um, youth golf leaders that are up and coming. So I'm very honored, um, very appreciative, and I'm, I'm glad people are liking what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just trying my best and I'm trying to get the word out there about how I do things, which is kind of... Um, more street smart kind of way. I just you know, try things so many times and see what you know what works and keep it going and learning from both education seminars. I love going to education seminars like Proponent Group and PGA workshops, LPGA workshops, but also um, you know what I learn from the kids and and the families um, and what they like and what they don't like and what's worked in Knoxville doesn't necessarily work here and vice versa. So trying to find um, you know what what makes it work in, in different areas is important. So um, uh, that's been good. How, how, Nicole, how often you kind of hit on something that, you know, we hear a, a lot of people that do a lot of really good things talk about, and I don't even know if people necessarily know they even say it or do it, but um, like always making adjustments on the fly. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you talk about what works in Knoxville doesn't necessarily work. You know, over in Georgia, um, mm-hmm. what? How often are you changing your programs up? And are you, you're not just changing them for the sake of changing them; you're just changing them based on, uh, you know, user feedback. I, we say user feedback because we're in the tech space, but uh, you know, golfer right. fe- golfer feedback. And you know, what right. uh, is, is that? How does that process uh, kind of evolve? Or is there? Can you talk a little bit about how do you, how do you adjust and how do you add and take away programs or features? Yeah, of programs? I think that's- that's a great, great question. Actually, that's something that uh, I always want to improve and I want to get better and I want our programs to get better. And um, we have a youth golf leader at our facility now, uh, Jim Sykes, a PGA professional. So I'm very lucky to be able to work with him and, and he takes over some areas uh, such as, you know, registration and running programs like our PGA Junior League and um, 
uh, he's started taking over a little bit of our after-school kids club and our summer camp. So it's been nice to bat ideas back and forth with him. And sometimes where I may get stale or stagnant, he may jump in and, and make some suggestions, and we go and work with that. And I love that. Um, we have kind of our core programs down, but we're, we tweak them just to see. Like last year we had room for 24, um, I would say probably 24 to 30 kids, maybe actually 30 kids in our after-school program Wednesday or Thursday total. And uh, so we're like, well, maybe instead of going hours, we'll go to 45 minutes with 12 kids each and have room for 48 kids. So while the numbers didn't fill up that this year, you know, we're wondering, was it the time? Was it the... Um, you know, a competition maybe with another department. We know some of it filled, some of it didn't. We've heard great responses. So it wasn't a big change, but it was a little one we wanted to try out. So I think you have to kind of have a plan in place and kind of see what works out. And I love calling things pilot programs because people know they're, you know, it's in a test zone and there's a little leeway there for giving feedback. So, um, but, you know, there are things that the kids love over and over again, so we keep those in, like the Haunted Halloween Putting Challenge and, um, you know, things that may not have taken off as well, like the Glow Golf events. Um, so I always try to find better ways to do it, and when my energy is back up to try something differently, we, we give it a go. Uh, but work at the facility, my director of golf, Tad Sanders, the facility has been very open for me trying ideas and bringing new ideas in so it's it's been a really really nice place I think that kind of uh, workplace is ideal as well, Nicole, for a lot of golf pros is the, the one where you can experiment with new programs and, and really mm-hmm. test the waters with new and different ideas definitely yeah we've been very fortunate for that and you know the game is changing and morphing it has to change very similar to the ski industry but um, I know some places that don't allow children under before first grade to even get onto the practice range or the course, and by then they're they're in everything else. They're in all the other sports, you know, um, skiing starts at what three, uh, martial arts, swimming, basketball. All those programs are two and a half to three years old. So, um, you know, some places are excluding the youngsters, and then they're going to go somewhere else. So it's been it's been a great place to test ideas like golf fitness. You know, what people want to know, what are the kids doing running around and, you know, chasing, you know, doing laps around the green or doing push-ups or throwing balls? What does that have to do with golf? And when they see, you know, the skills that develops the kids as athletes first and gets their motor skills and their movement skills going, then uh, I think they're, they're very happy. And most we haven't had any complaints on that. It's been really, really good in our area. Hey, Nicole, we, we've... Uh... I feel like one of the big topics, one of the big things uh, in 2014 is the emphasis on, on bringing the family back to golf. Uh, yeah. I see, like, I feel like I continue to hear that over and over and over again this year. And um, I'm wondering, are there, have you guys had discussions about that of, of, or have you tried it in the past and has it been a success or, or not? Is How do you do stuff, uh, how are you trying to maybe bring the families into it so where it's not just a junior camp, it's a, it's maybe a family camp? Have you guys ever talked about that? Have there, is, do you have any thoughts on if that could possibly be a success or not? I think that's a great question. In fact, uh, this, this current uh, PGA magazine, that's about, the, the whole topic was family golf. And, um, you know, I think that's important because, honestly, the you know, the children are going to be there because the parents have the finances and the time in most cases unless it's the after school or bus program but you're looking at the parents to get involved and to bring them in allows more children to come play so 
um, I think that's really important. Um, you know, I have an idea. If anybody wants to back me on this, I want to do uh, build cloverleaf courses with uh, options to play 6, 12, or 18 holes. And you can shut down one six while the others are going. It's shorter rounds, um, brings people back into the clubhouse more often for uh, contact, you know, at the shops and food and beverage. So things you may have to change for families. Um, you know, we try some events. We have a, an event on Christmas, uh, the 24th, actually, Christmas Eve Day, where there's this little family golf event. We have some events throughout the year where we try to get parents and children playing. Um so, you know, again, being at the club situation might be different than being at a public facility. Uh, the times tend to be utilized differently, weekends, evenings, daytime. Um, but we're working to get more families together. One of our goals, you know, especially being at a club, is we want to try to move the social membership into more of a golf membership. And, you know, we have youth golf memberships, too, and we're seeing some of our families, our parents, start to sign on for some of the limited golf or the golf memberships because the children are interested. And so then that feeds into our Get Golf Ready program. So uh, we'd love to see definitely more families playing. And, you know, the cost and the time, I think, are, are things that we have to consider. And 18 holes of golf takes a long time. So quick golf has been awesome. Snag golf has been awesome. One of my goals is to add in some kind of league or figure out time-wise how to get that going at our facility. So, um, again, it's just trying different times and seeing what, what gets in this. Is. Hey, Nicole, for, um, let's just take the last couple of years for an example, just to give um, some people that are listening some, some ideas of some numbers and, some, and what they could kind of expect from, re, from rethinking their junior program or putting an emphasis uh, more on junior golf at their, at their facility, not just a program. But um, what are, how have you seen junior golfing grow you know someone that puts an emphasis on junior golf have you seen those numbers increasing like you know more participation in the last couple years or is it flatline i mean where where do you think the state of junior golf is uh right now in the sport I i think it's a really really good time for the youth golf industry good things are about to happen i am i have my hands in four national projects that i am just extremely excited about so there are things that are moving to get that going um brendan elliott and i did a presentation at the pga youth and family summit the first ever that was sold out at the show it was really great and we had some numbers mixed in there um our age group for two to five uh, grew 1500 percent from six uh, was it about six or eight years ago so we started out with like $890 in that division, and now we're, we're, we're close to $10,000 just in that age group alone. That That is a huge rising um, age group. You know, the older kids are out there in camp, the 7-year-olds, the 10-year-olds, and the siblings that are younger are sitting on the sidelines, so they want to be involved. And there's no reason um, not to get a 2- or 3-year-old involved with the right person there. And if there isn't the right person, find somebody who can help. I can't, I can't stress that enough, you know, finding somebody who's good with kids and um, especially the youngsters and bringing them in because they'll, they'll get a love for golf sooner or at least be exposed to the game sooner. Um, but I think that's important. And our, our numbers for camps have grown. Um, I think we're about to break, you know, 50,000 on our overall um, youth, um, youth um, you know, camps and programs and whatnot. So that number has grown a ton as well. I think we started out eight years ago at like 16,000 and now close to 50, so it's not broken that. So there's definitely potential there. 
um, you know, with uh, different types of programming and, you know, club sales as well. Um, we've grown, I think, 400% with our club sales. Um, love U.S. Kids Golf. Absolutely fantastic, easy-to-use club-fitting program. Um, and their product is top-notch. And for the youngsters, I love using the Littlest Golfer, um, the, the first set. And now they have an, a longer first set. And their molded grip technology, they're easy-to-use golf balls. It's just, uh, I just absolutely love it. That company has such a good heart. Chris Wilson and family are, are so great. Um, so, you know, there's definitely potential. And I think we had a 285% increase in um, uh, in our mar- in our um, sales overall for youth attire. So there's definitely potential there. Um, just have to kind of find what works best. There are definitely more companies coming out with things now. So it's, it's a good time to get on board. Yeah. Eric, that's something we always talk about. What a what a unta- I feel like it's not tapped enough, the the, the junior side of our business. The, the very junior junior. Yeah, I mean, but just juniors in general. Listen, I, when we did green grass stuff a long time ago, junior golf was always, and this is this was a private facility, but it was always give it to the intern. Or the assistant, mm-hmm. or the assistant, it was kind of like, "Hey, we need to do that because we don't, you know, we don't want to say we don't like the kids. We just want to do it just to get them, you know, get them out of the way. We say we're doing something for junior golf. It was never a uh, a focus of the club, and I just feel like what a miss. That's why I kind of made the joke earlier when I was introducing the show of like how to lose money by not focusing on junior golf because what an untapped. I, I there's I feel like there's no downside to it. Like you're uh, not only are you bringing in revenue but you're exposing juniors to to this game at a very early age um you know and it's it it does everything from make money to grow the game of golf um you know improving any programs you have bringing the bringing the parents back to the club like i just feel like there's so many positives um i just you know for clubs that are trying to get started with this or that want to rethink this nicole what how do they how would you even begin um if someone that just let's say they've had a, they've they've been doing the same camp for the last five years, mm-hmm. how how would you, what would your tips be for them to say okay okay Nicole I believe what you're saying we want to do all, you sounds like you're doing all these fun things mm-hmm. like you, like your like your haunted house club I kind of want to do that um, right. like I want to drive down to Georgia and do that um, like what um, how do they even begin to start this stuff I mean other than going to Google and typing in junior golf ideas. Right. Like what, what, now there's, um, yeah, that's, that's a good. That's a really good question, and my mind just went off in about 15 different directions <laughs> at once. So let me try to like give you the short version of what goes through my mind in the day. But um, you know, on your idea of giving the the youth golf program to the the new guy, that that's very popular. And to me, it would be like, you know, if you're at a club and there are four people that just came in, four adults, and they are 99% sure they're going to buy a membership at the club. And you give them, you know, they're at food and beverage, and you give them the newest guy who was just trained and doesn't know the menu yet and has an idea, and he's not going to, you know, it's not, it's like giving that person to somebody, you know, they're about to come in, and, and you really, you really want to get, these kids are about to come into the game, you want to give them somebody who's going to keep them involved and get excited um you need somebody who's excited about working with them wants to work with them and i understand it's not everybody's cup of tea 
So I guess ideas, I, I, I wish I could tell one of them right now, but I, I can't. It's, it's kind of a really cool project. But hang in there on uh, something for youngsters. That's coming. Um, in lieu of that, I would say, A, um, see if there's somebody in the club or needs to get a position for someone who can work with youth, um, you know, who can pull together like the tennis, the golf, the fitness department. So somebody who can be a, a social slash youth leader, that would be really important. I would also do a SWOT analysis and see where your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats lie. Um, you know, competitors, um, who's great on staff, who's doing it now, what equipment do you need or not need. I would start with a SWOT. And then um, I, would, I would see what age groups, based on time and scheduling and budget, um, is being worked with and can be introduced. And I would go a little bit at a time. I'm a believer in I'd rather see less, but it's done well, than too much, too big a production, and it's not done well and it's not perceived well. So, um, you know, if you're not working with youngsters, you start kids at seven or eight now, then do something that's like adding five to sixes. You know, you don't have to add two to sixes in right away. Um, you can also, you know, consult, get somebody in who, like, gosh, I'm happy to talk to someone over the phone or, you know, have somebody brought in and, and pay for them to come do a little clinic and then give you some feedback and help you build a program. Um, even, like, maybe a kindergarten teacher who's off in the summertime and loves, loves golfing, maybe they want to trade services. You know, they can help with the ideas for the program while they get to play some golf. So I, I think looking at those resources are important. Um, but, you know, Kate Tempesta's with Kate Tempesta Golf Academy, Urban Golf Academy, and Brendan Elliott's Little Linksters. There are programs that are out there that are starting. Uh, Terry Ridge Johnson in Charleston, who does Grasshopper Golf. So programs are starting to get out there. Um, Josh Jacobs, um, PGA Premier uh, Junior Golf is really good. So it's, it's coming around. It's getting there. You know, Nicole. Oh, go ahead, Nick. I have to say, I... That's why I love. That's why we always ask. We ask like the award winners. We ask like people that are influential in golf. Because I love the idea. I've never heard it before. It's the first time I ever heard it. To asking teachers, kindergarten, first grade teachers, to help out because they're off in the summertime. Yeah, that's very smart. That's, that's border, border, no, borderline yeah, genius. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> it just uh, came from, like, you know, even even SNAG, a lot of what they do is they work with PE teachers. You know, Birdie Ball works with PE teachers. So, you know, those are the people who are working with the kids and then figuring out how to mix golf with what they know about how to manage large classes and how to move the kids around. And um, I don't know, it just, I was just trying to think out of the box, and that just kind of came to me with, you know, teachers who were off in the summer and might want to help, so... I mean, what a fantastic idea because like, like Nick was saying, Nicole, you know, a lot of times I've seen at clubs that I've worked at, you know, when you hand the junior program off to uh, the intern or a college student or somebody in their 20s, maybe they really don't have much experience uh, with right. children. And, you know, yeah. very, very few do and very few are good at actually handling children. I mean, you know, speaking to them, dealing with them. And that's that's half the battle in teaching junior golf is, is really mm-hmm. just uh, communicating properly and effectively I think. And managing large groups, yeah. Right, exactly. So, yeah, like Nick said, that's a, what a great idea. I think that is a huge thing that some of our listeners can pull away um, from this podcast. What what an awesome idea. It, and, 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 some people. Nicole, you, you've, you mentioned earlier about focusing on the really young 
kids, like the two, three-year-olds. What are some right. things in, in particular that you are doing with them? And why, is, that, is that really an untapped market? Or is that, and, and I guess I'll, I'll throw in a whole bunch of questions at one time. What, what about um, the people that say, hey, that's really too young to start kids? Have you heard that? I, oh, gosh, yeah, I definitely have heard that. And um, it's, you know, it's not too young for them in other sports. If they, can, if they can do other sports, they can do golf. The new equipment that has come about has made it so easy for them. No more cut-down clubs. They're very lightweight. Um, but, you know, I would also ask, is it too young to put a 3-year-old in um, pre-K or 4-year-old in pre-K? And most parents will say, no, I want my child to go learn. Well, why not come to a golf atmosphere and learn? It's not just about making a perfect golf swing. It's about growing the child in many different areas, you know, intrapersonally, interpersonally. Um, there's Again, there's some cool things coming out. I wish, you know, talk to me in about a year after after some of this, and we'll, we'll have um, hopefully another good chat. But um, there, there are a lot of good things that you can teach a two to three year old. Our classes um, are they, people call you know months ahead to get them into our holiday camps because with a two or three year old, you know you're doing very small bursts of activity. Uh, you're you're doing rhymes and um, I do a little putting swing called TikTok Swing the Clock, uh, and they love putting. They love squatting next to the hole and putting the ball in the hole and taking it out and putting it in. And so they're they're working on and I, they know the green and you know you know we don't run on the green no boo-boos on the green and uh, then they love going out we do big swings as well with ribbons like from snag or whatnot and they love those ideas and they don't have to have perfect swings they just they just you know get the ball moving they love chasing it uh, we go on the course and they love i go where's the hole where's the flag stick and they run over and they find the flag stick and they want to find the hole and they all want to turn to put the ball in they absolutely love raking you know, I don't know a better way to get a golfer started on raking at age two because they absolutely love it. You can't get them out of the bunker. So um, raking is great. They love the ball washer. Um, they love riding in the cart. So um, I had a grandparent tell me a story. She said, you know, my grandson took a lesson from you last year, and he was just just under two years old, and he's actually coming back this week when he's in town. And she said the first thing you did when you went to the house was he tore out the backyard and uh, it was at the end of the day, there was nobody on the course, and you, you went onto the course, and they were chasing him. You wanted to go rake the bunker, so he remembered that. So I, I don't think it's too early to start at all. It's, um, you know, the, the kids are going to go to the other sports. They can swim, and they can play basketball, and they can ski, so I don't see any reason why they can't play um, golf, you know, in, in, in a two- to three-year-old version of golf. Oh, boy, I can go on forever and ever on yeah. that. Well, yeah, and, and Nicole, how big, uh, just to give people an idea, how big um, are these, some of these programs that you're doing, and, and how many instructors do you have per, do you do it by, like, hey, we it's a it's an 8 to 1 ratio or it's a 4 to 1 ratio? Do you do that? Do you have a standard that you go off of? Yeah, good question. You know, at our club, we have uh, 13 to 14 PGA professionals. So, uh, and about, I would say just over half of them enjoy working a lot with youngsters and some very much with the very young youngsters. So, we do uh, at our camps and our programs ratio, we can go eight to one with the older children, probably ages seven and up. With the four to sixes, I like um, five to one. And, with, and with, with an adult volunteer floating around as a helper for um, bathroom breaks, so you don't have to stop the class. And with two to threes, I go one-on-one. I want one adult there per child acting as a helper so they understand what we're doing with the youngster as well. 
So, you know, I'm not teaching them something and they go off and then they, they teach them something adult-wise. Um, that was my reason for writing my book is because parents and grandparents, I find, were using very adult words and telling me, I'm sorry, my child's not focusing. I'm like, well, he's not supposed to. He's two. He's supposed to be looking at everything and soaking up life. So, you know, we, we take that differently. But, yeah, the ratio certainly changed. Um, and the more helpers, you know, I think the better. Nicole, I'd love to uh, chat about your book for a minute. I know that's uh, something that a lot of pros that we work with, you know, talk about writing books and very few actually follow through with it because it may seem like an intimidating process or just lots of work. How was the uh, the process of, of putting your book out there and writing it and getting it uh, published? That was uh, that was a very, very fun, interesting, and uh, long project, um, but a very rewarding one. And I interviewed... Um, people, you know, such as Dana Rader, Gary Wyron, Jick, uh, Rick Jensen, um, a lot of people who have written books and, you know, would you publish or self-publish? That was my first step. And a lot of the answers were, you know, leaning towards self-publishing and being able to retain the creativity. And I also wanted to publish in the U.S. It was important to me. I just want to sponsor, you know, in fact, the U.S. made product as much as I can. So, um, I ended up self-publishing and took about 10 months to find as much as I could about what I wanted to do and how much had been done. You know, ordered a lot of samples off of Amazon or went to Barnes & Noble and sat down and just went through the, the kids' book section. But um, I wrote the book because, you know, parents and grandparents might need better words to work with youngsters at a, at a four- to five-year-old level and also for, reward, you know, a little reward, a little um, enticement for them to, to get out and play, which they enjoy with stickers. So um, no one's ever done a golf sticker book uh, with points and rewards, so I, I found an illustrator after some research and sampling and found a graphic designer and someone to help me go through the process. There's a lot, you know, um, copyright, and I try to trademark, but, um, you know, you need two books in a series for trademark, and um, so it's really interesting going through the process, and found a U.S. printer um, that was really nice, and when the books finally came in, it was like Christmas times 10. It was so cool to see that work there, and I already know changes I want to make with the book. Um, I talked to a lot of people who have written, like um, Susan Green, who does the, the hard co- hardback copies and golf ABCs and one, two, three, so it was really, it was really cool, and you know, um, I like getting them to programs. I had somebody from Singapore order um, a whole... Um, whole bunch of books earlier this year and then uh, you know we've had some, some large orders from Canada and other programs around the country for their youth program Rick Grayson so um, it's been it's been really nice to get the books out I have members who buy the copies for their uh, grandchildren who aren't even born yet <laughs> they're on the way so one day they'll have copies um, but it's, it's been a good start to get them out with the book and uh, my next product coming up is going to be uh, kind of a follow-up from that, but it'll be something that pros can use with younger children, um, ages two through five or six, uh, whether it's a rainy day, uh, outdoor day, you name it, and it's a two-for-one, so it's going to be really cool. Hmm. Yeah, Nicole, how did, because you have a master's in sports psychology, right? Yeah, I do. How did that play into this book? Do you think that helped quite a, I mean, is that, did you use a lot of those skills that you kind of learned from from that aspect and, and rolled it into golf here? Is that? You know, it wasn't like I sat down and said, how do I put sports psychology into the book? Maybe some of the ways I teach have come about from that, you know, how a person can learn. My background's really in motor skill um, uh, development. So 
how a person learns, um, you know, and, and children learn by being playful and creative and, um, you know, with colors and pictures. And uh, I know kids love stickers and incentives. So I think part of that all came out in the book um, and also with the syllabus in the back so um, a parent, grandparent, a coach can follow that if they need some kind of structure as to which games to play when. But um, a lot of it's just things I do naturally. One of my favorite games um, is the goodbye game where we, we shake hands. And whether you're three or, you know, 18, um, you know, I want to see what color eyes you have and they look what color eyes I have. So we got the eye contact and then I like the medium firm handshake. So a lot of times we have to redo it because the hands are not, you know, as firm. Um, I just had a three-year-old student um, this past week. She took a lesson Friday and then wanted to come back again Saturday, and we we just had a ball. So I'm working to put that video together to share with people uh, on social media. Um, they let me do that, so that was really cool. But um, I don't know. It just kind of all, I guess, came about from what I'm used to doing, and it was kind of inadvertently added in there. Yeah, I think that's a really neat idea. Do you get a lot of golf courses um, or, like, academies that contact you to buy these you know, in, in bulk. Cause I'm kind of, I guess I'm confused on why this is a great little gift. I think it's 10 bucks on Amazon. Um, you know, if you're, if you have a, a program, a junior camp program that has 20 kids in it, you know, mm-hmm. factoring, factoring this into it, $10. And I'm sure if you bought a couple hundred, Nicole would work with you on that price. But, um, if you would, if you have, why not give this out as almost like a, you know, I can call it like like a goodie, like a, like in a goodie bag, if you yeah. will, for these. Yeah. For, I mean, this is not, not this is not only just a gift for the kids. This is like this is almost this is basically for the parents to, you know, they can continue right. to work with you know continue to work with them after the camp. This only this is, this is continues to add to your camp or your program that you're offering at the club, and not just you. I'm talking about any PGA professionals or LPGA professionals. Yeah. Do you, do you get people contacting you? And and I think anyone listening, that's a great idea to give this out as a little gift. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was yeah. one of the reasons for writing that. And one of my purposes was to get it into the parents' hands to work with the kids, but also for the coaches to give out a tea gift. And we've had more and more programs calling for that. And I do have a wholesale rate for health professionals, green grass, um, organizations, and, you know, um, gosh, anybody who wants to, to get the books, I have a good little um, price on that and uh, happy to work with them on that for sure. So that's one of my goals is to get it out there and, um, you know, just, just to give them something to give to the kids. And on my website, I'm not that high techy, but I do have some games on there, probably about five or six games that a parent or coach can print out and the kids can have fun on a rainy day coloring it in. And or for the older kids, um, there's like a word unscramble. There's a crossword puzzle, Sudoku, uh, find a word. Um, just games that I enjoyed playing as a kid, but they're all golf words, all mixed in there. So I want to keep golf on their brains outside the course too, so a little bit tied in there. Yeah, I love the uh, the sticker idea too. That's pretty fun. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's combined with points. So if some kids don't like stickers, they can just maybe earn points towards a certain goal that they set with the parent or coach. Eric, that's kind of like the it's like the physical version of gamification. Yeah, that we, that with Foursquare. It's the original. <laughs> it's the original gamification. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, Nicole, when it, I'm sorry, Eric, were you? No, no, go okay. ahead. So, Nicole, back to the back to the really young kids for just for a second. What um, what kind of uh, portion? And you know, this might be a, 
kind of an unfair question because you might not have the numbers off the top of your head, but just a guesstimate. You know, what what kind of of your entire junior program, what the young kids, the two to three year olds compared to like the older, you know, the high schoolers, what kind of percentage, how, how do you break up those groups? I mean, is it like 10% the two and three year olds? I mean, what kind of, what kind of percentages do you allocate to focus on, you know, these things and how did you, or these age groups and how do you find like which age group really obviously is the bigger age group for you? You know, that, that, that demands yeah. more. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good question. And it depends on the time of year too, because we'll have, you know, we have various programs um, that run, um, throughout the year, um, like 10 weeks in the spring and fall, and then we have holiday camps that are just kind of onesie days, um, and then we have our summer camps. We just do three of those. Our, at our facility, um, um, you know, we have more and more families moving in there, so they are beginning to beginning to see more children that um, I think we have ooh, close to, um, I've heard different numbers, 500, 900, so definitely well over 500 children now at the facility um, and, you know, and we and we draw from a, a close environment. So um, versus a, a public environment that is, you know, marketing maybe to a city or a region. Um, and our our children um, tend to be, and the grandchildren visiting tend to be more, I would say, two through thirteen, fourteen. So um, our older group, we're working on getting that going. Now that we've had these programs in place and. You know, we're, we're getting them down. We'll see, hopefully, a lot more transitioning into the older group. Um, we have a new intermediate golf program called Youth Coach and Train. That's the eight-week program for the intermediate and rising. So it's getting there. And I would say, I don't know if we necessarily allocate time, but I would say the bulk are probably, I would say, five through maybe 11 at our facility. Now, others, you know, might only be working with high schoolers or 13 to 18. There's some incredible academies around the country, Sean Humphreys, Don Law, um, great, great programs that are dealing with different age groups. But, um, you know, we we were starting to work with a lot of the young, youngsters, and I want to actually put some programs in place that are more year-round for the two to threes and fours. So, um hard to say you know the certain numbers because it varies on the time of the year but we are already halfway sold out for our four to six year old group july 8th week camp already so um getting there well you gotta you gotta book that way in advance yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's sometimes it's yeah it, it gets there so uh it's, it's good to hear we had people signing up for summer camp before the end of last year so uh, and I know with uh, a buddy of mine, James Hong, he you know he has people signing up early as well. So it's good when word, word of mouth travels and you have a program that people like to come back and see you know time and time again. Nicole, what, what are you um, what are you doing kind of on the nas- with, with some of these national programs like the like the junior league and like the drive chip and putt? You know, do you do anything with with those programs? Uh, yeah, we do, I'll do a little bit with them. I'm actually very fortunate to be on the current uh, PGA Youth and Player Development Committee, and one of our goals is to actually kind of, this is interesting, getting people's opinions, but we're, we're looking at tweaking the word from junior golf to youth golf. Um, we're finding that's more encompassing and more in line with what other um, uh, youth programs, and, you know, you don't hear junior soccer or junior basketball, it's youth. So one of our things we're doing is kind of morphing over that word and, kind of a logistical thing but you know i i enjoy using that and we're we're doing a lot of things trying to get ideas out there with pga junior league and um whatever projects we have on our plate for the future like the pga um youth and family summit came about from that which was a lot of fun 
but um, uh, junior league is really growing a lot. I think it went from a thousand kids the first year to eight thousand, so they're anticipating fifteen thousand and eventually over a hundred thousand. That that program's growing. And we're in our second year at the Landings Club, so we had four teams in Savannah play last year, and I think we're going to have six to eight. We might even have two teams from the Landings, so it's getting there. That program's done really well, so you know, kudos to the PGA and the company that put that together. And uh, Drive, Chip, and Putt, I think, was so fresh last year. A lot of people didn't know what to expect, and we had a few players go to regional qualifiers, which was cool. Um, so I know registrations will... We'll uh, be back up and again after this year, April 6th, and I think it's April 6th. will be fun to watch the kids who made it their play. So that's, that's a nice initiative. And uh, LPGA USGA Girls Golf is a huge one as well. Um, I think they reach over 12,000 girls now in 220 chapters, and they're looking to – those numbers are going to grow a lot as well. That's, that's a really big program. I had a chapter in Knoxville. We had close to 80 girls. I grew it from over 25 to 80 girls and absolutely loved it. So that's designed for girls 7 to 17. Um, we had a non-national division ages 4 to 6. And um, there's, just, there's a lot of good programs starting to get out there. Yeah, Nicole, it's always always fun to talk with somebody like you who's on the, the forefront of their uh, their category there, like like junior golf. It's It's really interesting to hear what's going on what you're doing differently than, than everybody else. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's a team event, you know. You know, I, I like the, um, if my vote counts, Nicole, I like the youth, the changing it to youth. You like that? Well, language is so, language is so powerful, has so much control in our society. Like, like you know, mm-hmm. it, it, people don't think that the difference in that, but, you know, I, I always go back to, uh, I'll reference politics a lot. Like if um, <laughs> they use language so well in, in Washington and mm-hmm. how how they word things. And um, I just think that's that's a really interesting conversation to have. I think it's a really good one that we're having. And um, do you think that that's something – I mean are you – are you on, are you for the youth changing it to the youth? Is that what is, oh, are you definitely. you're advocating that? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, Bob Baldessari, uh, working with the PGA committees, and uh, Alan Ronowski, our, our um, past president, very big with that. And it, it seems natural to me. Our, our committee's been using that for over a year now. So I, I think I posted on the Facebook a little bit. We've had some some response, some positive responses on that. I, I think it's you know a very traditional game. And it's such an ingrained word that um, it'll take a little time to come around. But overall, you know, we understand you're working with juniors, youth. Um, I, I think we get the picture on that. But, yeah, I like the word youth a lot. It, it makes sense to me. I think it sounds um, it sounds a little bit more professional perhaps, though. So. Eric, do you like that? I like that. Yeah, it's, it's less intimidating. makes younger golfers want to play more, I think. Because if you're like right at that cusp too, if you're like you know twelve, thirteen, you don't want to be called a junior, you yeah. know it's, it's you know derogatory, but or whatever you want to call it, but yeah, youth yeah, definitely I like that a lot. Good. So Nicole, for for uh, for everyone that's that was listening and saying, hey, we're I'm all excited about junior, um, you know, their junior programs for this year, and I, I, they want to do some things different. Um, what um, when do you when do you reach the point to where you say, "Hey, I have enough junior programs going on"? I mean, do you feel like right now you guys are at a, you guys are maxed out, or is there always ways to work in more junior play or more youth play, let's say, uh, into the um, into the into the system? 
I think there's there's always room for creativity. Um, I'd like to improve upon what we have and and spin off of that. And I think that's where we are getting with our program. Um, and you know, having the uh, children that we have at the club starting to go through the program, so we are we now have a little bit more room for play with that. So it's it's just a mix, I think, of figuring out time, scheduling, budget. You know, um, um, you know, do you do you have to be a, at a facility where, you know, if you pull if you pull people or help from the shop, then you know you're looking at overtime hours. You got to be careful with that and. You know, do they have to be in the shop? But after school is when the kids come out and can come out and play. Or, you know, there's there's a lot of little things you have to kind of figure out. But um, I would start with a good, solid, um, you know, three to four different types of programs and um, and see what works and plan it all out on paper and see what might work. And then you've got to market it. You know, is it something the parents want? You know, maybe something you want, but maybe it doesn't make sense to the parents. I think doing a pilot group, um, you know, calling parents and seeing what would work will certainly help um, reduce some of the, the wheel spinning. So that would, that would certainly be good. And when in doubt, call Nicole. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm happy to help with what I can, for sure. So, And uh, fun things coming on the horizon that will help with that. So, um, you know, I, I know there are several of us around the country that are really happy to help with ideas. So it's about sharing. You know, a lot of my ideas were spun off of others, like uh, our Tee It Up for Tickets program. I heard about that at the really great summit that um, Chad O'Dell and Druid Hills put on um, in Atlanta last year, and Jackie Canizio was there and talking about her red ticket game. And so, you know, we borrowed the idea and call it Tee It Up for Tickets, and we have a list of 25 approved activities that if they do any of them, they come in and get a raffle ticket from any one of our four golf shops. And at the end of the year, uh, we, we're going to have a big blowout bash with stuff from, you know, hopefully we get some things from reps or things we've gathered throughout the year. And the more chances, you know, they earn to win things, it, that'd be great. So that's, that's taken off nicely. A little incentive for them. It'd be as simple as clearing off the chipping green after they're done practicing. That gets a ticket, you know. So, teaching them how to clean up and whatnot. So it's, um, yeah, we're happy, happy to help. Share ideas. It's, it's what makes it go around. And we, uh, I think, get better because of each other. Well, Nicole, as we uh, kind of wrap up the podcast here, I know uh, I got I got one more question for you on my end. Okay. Um, are you a black belt in karate? <laughs> I do have a black belt in karate. I haven't trained recently. Oh. I miss it, but I did. I uh, competed and um, I, I sparred. But uh, my favorite was my double nunchuck routine. So I still do it sometimes for the kids when I dress up for Halloween in the. Uh, have my ghee and my my soft ghee and my starch crispy one and so that's that's a lot of fun well that that was going to be my the second part of that question is do you have to uh break those skills out anytime the kids act up uh no (laughs) i don't have to break them out but you know i have used them in class i actually had a a karate golf class i tried um and we worked on a couple different sessions one was on balancing martial arts we did some kicking standing and kicking and being able to stand and then balancing golf swings and then another session we talked about respect, respect in martial arts, and then respect in golf and how we show that. And then another one we did delivery of power. So we did punches with uh, how to mitt, and they learned how to punch and release energy there, and then how to release energy in the golf swing. So that one didn't take off. Well, it might try it again, but uh, that was fun to kind of mix the two. Eric, we had a, uh, we had a, I won't name his name because I'll embarrass him, but we had a college colleague 
that got got his anger out a different way. <laughs> no, he was. Uh-oh, he, I even he, want to hear this. <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad that you're focusing on. He, Eric knows who I'm talking about. Um, he's a uh, real good guy, but he he used to so basically he kept the club repair shop in business. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm glad to see that you're kind of re- trying to refocus some of that and build in some good. Um, you know, building some good techniques early of maybe positive. Not, yeah. Not taking your anger out on your golf clubs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's actually uh, my last bit. I was just, just newly certified as one of the first pros with spirit of golf through Tim Creamer. And I absolutely love what he's doing and um, working, working that in with the children as well. Uh, if you haven't checked out spirit of golf, it's really cool. And um, Tim is slowly rising up in the ranks of um, not so much a, Sports psychologist through the mental part, it's more about the emotion. Spirit of Golf deals with the emotions that precede the mental game and that, you know, precedes the physical game. So it has been so cool. I love his new book. We had him in for a workshop and working that into the kids so, um, you know, they understand emotions and how to manage that. It's, it's been really great. So that might help your friend, too. <laughs> he probably still has that problem. I haven't talked we, to him in a while. <laughs> we can mention that. The uh, Nicole, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know Eric does, and I know I'm, I'm sure our listeners do as well for sharing a lot of knowledge about uh, your side or the junior golf side of uh, of the game. Well, thank yeah. you so much for having me on. I really, really enjoyed. Thanks, yeah. Eric. Tell uh, remind some people how they can find us if they're not sure. You can find us on the web at thebiggolfshow.com. You can listen to all our podcasts right there or follow us on Twitter at The Big Golf Show. Ask us any questions you have. Or on your favorite iOS device, your iPad or your iPhone, go to the Podcasts app and uh, listen right there. Or just go to iTunes and go to Podcasts and search for The Big Golf Show. And I will, uh, under Nicole's name uh, on TheBigGolfShow.com, if you click on her, her photo and her podcast, I'll, we're going to put a bunch of information on there to, to where you can get her book and go to her website and um, – contact her i guess if you have any any questions i know that she seems very willing to to help out and hopefully um hopefully everyone it's a win-win for everyone yeah yeah nicole i appreciate it again thank you thank Mm -hmm. you very much have a good evening and a good season all right thank you